you're very <clears throat> soft-spoken, Paul. <laughs> I never thought I would say it, but yes, you're very soft-spoken in the last podcast, Paul. Okay. Yeah. I'll need to talk louder, Janina. Yes, you do. Oh, and I need to switch Turn off the sound. We are. We're back. <laughs> we're back. It seems like only last Friday we were sat here talking about I 5G. I think it was just a few days ago and things are happening. And things are happening and we're, um, just to let you know, we're squeezing in the podcast today because yes. tomorrow's a bank holiday in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we have had some really good guests visiting us here in Stockholm as well. Well, we do. We've yeah. got some. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. It's, it's, mm. a, it's a super opportunity to talk 5G, uh, interesting 5G. That's not this boring network stuff, but some interesting, like, where is the technology going to take us in the future uh, with someone that listens to the podcast. So we'll keep that secret a little bit longer. But before we get on to that, maybe we can talk about what's in the news. Yes. Let's do a news round. A news roundup. So last week, if you listened and remember, we talked a lot about uh, all the new operators uh, operator announcements on on 5G networks. That's coming now in <coughs> May, and now it's just a few days left. Uh, it's today. It's the thirtieth of May. No, it's the 29th of May. <laughs> it's good that you know which date it is. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, yeah, good. I know which which, which, uh, which year was that again. Um, uh, and last week we said both Sprint and China Unicom uh, promised us they were going to have uh, networks live in May. Yeah. I haven't heard anything on China Unicom, but my Chinese is not that good, so I'm maybe not looking in the right places. Mm-hmm. But we did see that Sprint now have said that uh, from the 31st you'll be able to buy their phones. Yeah, so that uh, means that they will probably have the network up and running from by, today by Friday. to Friday. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Watch this fingers space. Crossed. Yeah. Uh, and when they say their phones, that's the LG V50 Thin Q. Yes, they um, have a choice of one phone. They have a they have a wide choice of one phone, but you mm-hmm. can get a HTC uh, Hub. That's one of these um, Mofi uh, devices instead. Yeah, which works on basically other phones as well. So you can have your 5G in your apartment. Yeah, mm-hmm. or as in if you were in if you were Swedish you'd maybe buy one and put it in your 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 holiday summer, cottage. Your summer cottage. So if you've got a cabin and you want and, and you want a good Wi Fi connectivity, then you put it in your five G hub so you And then you're But safe. Uh, but if you've got a cabin it's probably not in one of those areas <laughs> yes. because they're launching in four cities and they are we have them down Atlanta! <laughs> that was the only one I remember. Dallas-Fort Worth, <laughs> yeah. Kansas City, and Houston. So Houston, if you're in, so Texas, if, yeah. Houston, if you're, one of those, if you're in one of those places, you've got nothing better to do on Thursday evening, you could go and stand in a queue to be able to buy your phone. And being a Sprint customer, that's nice. Hmm? Oh, mm, well, you could, I'm sure they'd let you become a Sprint customer. Quite easily, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's Sprint. Um but that's not the only thing that's happening in Japan, mm-hmm. and we have some listeners in Japan, I'm sure. Yes, uh, I think in so. Japan, uh, SoftBank have announced their, their uh, who they're going with as uh, vendors for um, for deploying 5G. Yeah, so they are starting start to, start to move. We're going to start to see the rollout of 5G in Japan. Yeah. And 
course, Ericsson is one of them. Uh, and that's uh, the interesting thing there. They're going with um, uh, SoftBank 3.9 to 4 gigahertz. Uh, yeah. So what we call mid-band. Mid-band. And 29.1 to 29.5 gigahertz millimeter wave. Uh, slightly different frequency bands to the ones that we see in other places. So mm. we, we see 3.5, for instance, typically in the US, or maybe 2.6. And we see frequencies like uh, 28 gigahertz and um, 39 gigahertz often often coming up. But both of those bands are going to be rolled out. Japan, one of the interesting things with Japan, um, they often have quite quite dense networks. Uh, lots of sites, uh, quite lots of lots of users, lots of capacity. So interesting to watch and see how that goes. Mm. Uh, and uh, talking about watching and seeing how it goes. Uh, Korea. Korea's been live now for just a few weeks. Uh, Not many is weeks. A, is it a month? Something um, like that? Uh, we should know this. Something like that. And I saw a light reading with reporting on um, how's it going in Korea. Oh. And that's really kind of interesting because they're saying that the, 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 you know, the take-up, you know, the, the growth in 5G... It has been very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking around a million subscribers already. That's that's pretty big. Not as fast as the take up uh, we saw uh, in India with four G, um, but then India's got a lot more people than Korea. So, but uh, lots of subscribers. Mm. But the other interesting thing is that uh, like data traffic, the average data user on five G is using about three times as much tra- data Ooh. as uh, on LTE. Which I guess is partly that the people that want to move to five G are the people that are, are wanting to shift a lot of data. For sure, and but, also uh, probably. But it's an interesting trend. Yeah, probably also now in the beginning they are testing it a little bit, see what they can do. Like um, now, how long does it take to download that? Down, download, that yeah, download, download the, the Netflix catalog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Other news. Mm? Because um, that was all about what subscribers are doing, what the operators are doing. Yep. Um, on the industrial side, there, there's interesting news then from from Hungary. Yep. Uh, Maggi Telecom has opened a 5G test track, uh, and Janina's going to tell us where it is. Ah, yeah, the the self-driving vehicle test track in the Hungarian city of Salagercik. Salag. Oh my God. Zalagerjek. <laughs> oh, we have no idea how to say is this. Zalagerjek. Zalagerjek, perhaps. Uh, it's also known as the Zalazone, and that's much easier to, for us. To Zalazone. Okay. Zalazone. So mm. apologies if you're living in Hungary that we don't speak Hungarian. Uh, but right, you said some very interesting words there. Yeah. Apart from the name, you said the self-diving test track. Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, a... Uh, and facility that is being put in place, uh, which is expected to be used by car manufacturers in Europe that are working with the development of self-driving vehicles. Mm, And perhaps Um, also other parts, but it is definitely for for car manufacturers, yeah. yeah. Uh, But but it's interesting because it moves a a step onward from what we've seen the last two years during the the development of uh, 5G and 5G use cases Cars and uh, cars running around test tracks has, has been uh, one of the use cases which we've seen cropping up a lot. Mm-hmm. So we've done things with the Indy 500, driving with blacked out windows. We've seen it being used for um, 
demonstrating network slicing uh, across national boundaries. Mm. Um, and so we've demonstrated uh, the mobility capabilities of 5G by, by being able to, to keep 5G connections to fast-moving vehicles. Lots of interesting like small use cases that but that all fit together. Yeah. This is a test track then you'd be able to use for you know for for the for everything to do with running your vehicle. I uh, really and hope it, that, and it mirrors yeah. a little bit the, the 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 track the facility that we that we were involved with um, here in Sweden with Volvo um, construction equipment. Yeah. Uh, where they're looking at um, using 5G for industrial use cases. Uh, in, in, in construction so that's yeah i hope that we can make an episode about 5g and and uh, something with vehicles uh before we finalize this podcast round for the summer we will go on vacation i think yeah janina won't let's won't, <laughs> janina's oh, I, don't, I don't understand it she wants to have a holiday she <laughs> yes, doesn't want to talk, sit here and talk actually, all summer actually you're the one going on the holiday first so and i i just thought it would be very very sad mm. if i sat here alone <laughs> chatting to myself but yes we have a we have a short summer here in sweden but we have a long holiday we do yeah but not yet not yet. And I've got two more things I want to talk about before mm. we introduce our guests. Yes. So uh, the first of those, uh, we talk a lot about Spectrum. Um, and uh, before you can actually, as we saw in, in Switzerland, before you can turn on a commercial service for 5G, you need to have a license. Yes. To use the Spectrum. Yes. Uh, and how, before you can get are, a license, yeah, uh, before, you, you? Uh, yeah, before you can get a license... To use the spectrum in many countries, you actually have to win an auction. Yes. So it's a competitive auction to say who's going to get it. Um, and uh, again, light reading. Thank you, guys. Uh, reporting this week that uh, what's happening in Germany with spectrum auctions. Their auction has been going on since March. And we're now in the end of May. It's been going on since March. Um, and uh, it's still not finished. Uh, they're on to round 407 of the auction for the for Ooh. 5G spectrum. That's that's a lot of auction, yeah, mm-hmm. auctioning. Uh, and uh, I've seen auctioneers at uh, at uh, markets and the way the way they babble on. So if the auctioneer's been going like that for since March, <coughs> it's probably out of breath by now. <laughs> what am I be? What am I be? What am I be? Yes. Any advance on? <coughs> but sometime soon, I hope. The gavel will go down on on that, and mm. uh, Germany will be able to press the button and switch on five G. Yeah, have they started the countdown yet? Um, I don't know. Okay. I have to pick up the phone and ask some people. Mm. Um, but the same article actually did a comparison on on spectrum prices because you know spectrum prices. It's like this: if you're an operator, if you buy a spectrum, if you pay money for it, that's that's money gone from the bank. So then you need to find money to to actually put in the equipment and the software to make 5G happen. So, yeah. there's, so there's a balance there between competition, wanting to have the more spectrum you've got, the better service you can provide. The more spectrum you buy, the less money you've got to put equipment on to make the, that spectrum live. So operators, they've got a kind of interesting balance to, to strive. Mm-hmm. And in different countries... They cost different Quite, quite different money. costs. Diff- mm-hmm. Different countries, of course, also have maybe different strategies for you know some countries. See... Spectrum as a public resource, and they want operators to get into the market quickly. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're they're not as much emphasis on on uh, on getting the on full getting public funds. Mm-hmm. Other sees, of course, source of revenue which they can then use for, 
for, for doing things for public services. So yeah. there's a range of uh, public strategies, not surprisingly. Yeah. So um, where is Germany in that? Um, on the figures that they had in the article, Germany mm. is kind of somewhere in the middle, uh, a bit more expensive than countries like uh, Austria and France, about on par with the UK, uh, not as expensive as Italy, and a lot more expensive than Latvia. Uh, so that's, that's the kind of spectrum, that's yep. where we're at, but uh, it's good to see it moving forward because that is a necessary first step to switching it on. Mm. And we've seen... Availability of smartphones as being another step to, uh, you know, necessary step to turning it on. Which brings us to the last point. Mm-hmm. MediaTek, who I think we mentioned Yes, last I think time. we mentioned them last time that we did they're the, a, um, a, an intro- supplier. Yeah, the, an interoperability test with them uh, where we tested the standalone. Standalone. Yeah, we've talked about standalone before, but mm-hmm. maybe we'll come back and talk about standalone again because that's also an interesting technical topic. Yes, it is. If you're interested in technical stuff, but MediaTek have announced that they're going to they're, they're going to focus investment and come with cheaper chipsets for 5G. Mm. Um maybe it won't happen today or tomorrow, but it does mean in, you know that we can expect to see lower end uh, phones coming into the market for 5G as well. Yeah. that's that's on the horizon possibly. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's it's nice that uh, if you've got the money to go out and buy a top-end smartphone with 5G. But what we're looking for is that everyone should access that technology and that, that needs that development and chipsets, bringing down the, the component prices to be able to build affordable phones for everyone. Yeah, good that's summary good, of That's the a news. very quick roundup of mm-hmm. things of happening lot, every yeah, week. Yeah, of a Janina. lot of things happening. Yes, excellent. And now, now over to... something to, completely yes. different. Today. It's really exciting. Yes. Not only guests, we have people that have listened to the podcast. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's amazing. This is the first time that we actually have actual listeners reaching out to us. And now... We have them on the, on, yeah. on the show. We managed to lure you in here very quickly. <laughs> it's certainly uh, much better weather than when I was last in Sweden in January. It's beautiful out today. Yeah. yeah. yeah so uh, nice. we should explain, Jenny. Yes. Who do we have here with us? We have... Uh, uh, do, what is it called in, in English? Uh, sub company? Uh, daughter, daughter, yeah. What is that? Daughter company. You is it a daughter that. company? Okay. Maybe we can help. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. But, but, but. You, are, you are actually Ericsson employees. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it starts. All right. We're I almost love Ericsson employees. <laughs> let me introduce myself. Yes. My name is Anne Besançon. I am the Chief Operating Officer of Imodo. Imodo is based in San Francisco, and Imodo is a wholly owned subsidiary of Ericsson, but we're actually an independent company. And we are part of BTEB, and we are... Which is the business unit technology. Technology and emerging business here. Yeah, at Ericsson. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to use the acronyms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
So and you are part of Ericsson. Yeah, <laughs> we are very much part of the Ericsson family, but it's an important distinction yeah. because we are an accelerator unit. And what that means is that Ericsson is endeavoring to have uh, initiatives for growth that develop and grow a little bit outside of the core business of Ericsson. Yes. So that's why we are here. Yeah, that's really exciting. So like, for instance, we are used to talking about our customers as the uh, communication service providers, CSP or operators like Paul and I usually talk or, about. Or, or carriers. As, carriers, as, yes. As, as the other Paul the said. American, <coughs> yeah. You are talking to completely different people. We are. We are talking, well, we are talking also to carriers mm-hmm. because uh, we offer them solutions to monetize their data in a privacy compliant fashion. And on the other side, we um, create data products that we sell into different verticals. Uh, the original vertical was the, the world of advertising, and we're now expanding beyond that, mm-hmm. offering data insights predicated on the use of carrier data and other data that we source um, in the general ecosystem mm-hmm. and provide this product to um, companies that, for example, are interested in the, the movements of population in a city and want to plan transit. Uh, companies that are interested in choosing where they should um, uh, uh, install their new stores or facilities based on the traffic and origin destination mm. of people, for example. So a wide array of um, business insights that are predicated on uh, physical movement, physical behavior, mm. or predicated on what we call digital behavior, which is which apps people use when they use them, which websites they go to. And all of this is, of course, anonymized and aggregated, but mm. it gives a, a, a really interesting new perspective about consumers in general and therefore enables business decisions. Mm. So I'm Paul McLaughlin. I'm Director of Data Science also at Emoto. And, you know, privacy is at the core of everything we do, but there's also just so many opportunities for insights that carrier data can help unlock. So as Anne was mentioning, we can also get insights around where, where in the groups of populations might be coming from to visit, say, for example, a hotel or an amusement park. And so we can figure out or learn more about, you know, are, is the amusement park attracting visitors from very, very far away or much closer to the park? And it can help give them really important insights around what kind of rides to build next, what kind of, uh, you know, food stalls to set up next in their food court. Same thing for malls or retailers might help give them insights in terms of what kinds of brands to reach out to to open up a new location in their facility. So there's just mm-hmm. so much uh, kind of insight that can be unlocked with carrier data when you think of it from a privacy compliant way in terms of, of groups and movements of people uh, around uh, around particular points of interest. Mm-hmm. And why are you talking about 5G? Why? What's 5G got to do with this? <laughs> 5G, first off, 5G is the future. The, the, the fundamental change that 5G is going to bring to our work is the quantity of signal and the precision of the signal is going to be much greater than the data that we have today. And mm-hmm. it's going to change how we can interact with humans and particularly with 
consumers, if you will, and or with machinery in uh, an enterprise or a manufacturing facility. Mm -hmm. The ability to have much more information about what's happening Mm. and also being able to compute that information at the edge of the network Mm -hmm. and being able to make decisions, some of them automated and some of them feeding into this insights platform in the data science and machine learning and AI that can go with this. Mm. It's going to really change and revolutionize how we can um, improve a lot of different business situations, uh, including, um, you know, IoT with things starting Mm. to signal, not just humans Mm. signaling. And what can we do with that information and how we can do this also in a way that is um, privacy compliant because yes. we we won't need um, uh, to store the data. We can make decisions in real time and uh, add value at the end of the day to people's lives. So one of the things I think is really interesting is right now in the data ecosystem, some of the most valuable companies are those that have formed relationships with different institutions to get access to different data because of the way kind of the infrastructure is set up now. If you might have a device at home like a Nest or a smart camera. It connects over Bluetooth or over Wi-Fi. So if you want to know more data about that, you have to talk to the manufacturers of those devices. You might have to go talk to different carrier, you know, uh, kind of Wi-Fi operators. And so there's just such a proliferation of where data comes from. There's Bluetooth, which connects most things uh, in your home. There are carriers which have certain data uh, from your phone, but so much of that data is lost because of just different kind of connectivity mediums through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Whereas one of the other things we anticipate with 5G is both a huge increase in the number of sensors people have. So you might have data that comes in from your shoes with a sensor in it that will kind of track your your running and your efforts there. It might come in from, uh, you know, your couch to remind you to stand up and, and exercise or so, you know. <laughs> exactly. Your refrigerator. Your fridge to remind you, you know, maybe you shouldn't have that extra Snickers bar perhaps. But, you know, and so our view at least is that a lot of that data will essentially, instead of being connected uh, or, or stored in a thousand and one different locations and so much value being kind of connecting that data lost to operators, mm-hmm. we really think that the carriers are going to be at the center of this universe uh, where all the data kind of comes in through 5G. And there'll be so much more interesting data to work with. But you'll also be able to work with it in such a much more privacy compliant way because edge computing will also help allow for the processing of that data over the edge, so we not need to store it in the same way you do now in these huge data farms. So we can actually get kind of personalization and privacy at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, so you'll be able yeah. to process data and take decisions without necessarily that data then disappearing off into the cloud. Sorry. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. cool. And possibly also making it easier to uh, to manage your own data than yes. if it's like yes. if it's not mm. stored in a thousand different places. Part of what's hard now is there isn't a really good way, you know, GDPR and the California privacy law give you the opportunity to opt in or opt out of data storing. Mm-hmm. But there are so many different places your data is stored. It's actually very difficult to opt yeah. in or out of all of them. Whereas one possibility is with 5G, you actually have line of sight into what is being connected and what is being stored. And so you as a consumer could theoretically opt in or out of what you share because you also really have a much clearer line of sight into what the data that is being made accessible and where it's going. Mm. Mm. And we should say also that this is just one uh, 
try <laughs> what, what might be coming or like testing how this would work in the long run, right? I mean, 5G isn't really up and running yet. So this might be a futuristic, but this is something that we see or that you see uh, an opportunity in uh, doing something better. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, and it is happening. Mm. It is starting. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you forget, Janina, these are people from the US. They have 5G already. <laughs> it's, it's the early days, yeah. but it's becoming real, and Ericsson is obviously a huge role to play. Yeah. And we believe that it's important to start thinking of the implementations and the, the implications of that technology. Yeah. Most consumers see 5G today, the way it's marketed to them as your phone is going to be much more capable and you can consume much more data in a much faster fashion. Everything is more instantaneous. But that's just an augmentation of what's happening today with the signals, and it's not yet visible to everyone how many other applications mm. uh, of, of the technology are going to exist and how much it's going to modify yeah. how we relate to each other, how we relate to objects, and also how we control our own data more. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very easy to project a future which is just a continuation of the future that That's we have. Right. Yeah. It's much harder to, to have a vision of how will the future change because of the new capabilities that are coming. And that's why for us at Emoto, it's also so important to really think carefully about privacy in this new universe because, you know, there is going to be so many more devices or anticipation connected to 5G. And, you know, it's just really important now to start really thinking about what ground rules would be for privacy and make sure that customers are empowered to have those kinds of privacy opportunities to them or actually to control their data. And also to make sure that we don't need to operate in a universe where you have these giant data centers that store every single thing you've ever done for years and years and years because people really want personalization and 5G presents, we think, an opportunity to have that kind of personalization and privacy. Mm. Well, that's interesting. What you're, what you're aiming for is that sweet spot where you get a win-win, where you can, for the for advertisers and the people that want to use the information in, in, in planning and so on, you can give them better quality information without them needing to, you know, or, or with a solution which actually gives the consumer better yes. privacy as, yes. at the same time. Yes. That's, the, that's, uh, where, that's you, where exactly we need to get to. What, what we're uh, thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And to give you a little bit of a push as well, you have a new podcast. We do, yes. So uh, Jake Moskowitz, who's the head of the Moto Institute, has put together an incredible podcast called Five. Uh, it's available now on iTunes, Stitcher, kind of where you'd normally go to get your podcasts. All, all the places that we have our podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we have a competitor we'll, here. We'll be neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yes. We'll be neighbors, yeah. Um, but so that podcast, really from an Emoto perspective, talks through some of the changes that we foresee around 5G and products. So not necessarily the technology and in terms of mm. purely talking about the technology from a network perspective, but mm. also from a product perspective, what will this mean for the you know what happens when you wake up in the morning, when you go to work, when you you know are at home? And Jake has spoken to some really incredible uh, people around some uh, what he and they anticipate uh, will happen over the next couple of years as the 5G revolution kind of accelerates and we see more and more changes to, in our lives. Yes, the, the podcast has uh, special guests. So Jake is basically having a conversation with, with people in various industries about the, the impact of 
5G technology, which is why it's called 5. So we recommend you go and find (laughs) 5. And I guess we have to listen to it too. We we do. We probably do. (laughs) Well... It just launched yesterday, so uh, we're really excited. Perfect timing. Cool. Thank you. Perfect yeah. timing. Then, yeah. Uh, yeah then. And thank you for for visiting our, our little webcast room and doing a podcast with us. Well, uh, very happy to yeah. be here. <laughs> we're so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you.